0: what's going on everybody thank you guys for tuning in to the creative one this podcast was created to inspire inform and educate all creatives the creative one features talent from all over the world whether you're a filmmaker photographer dancer poet or athlete the goal is to show that creativity is within all of us so every monday at 9 a.m tune in to hear a new episode we can't wait for you to learn something new. And of course, stay true, stay you, and be creative. What's going on, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in to SES The Podcast. And of course, on this segment called The Creative One. On this episode, we have a special guest that goes by the name of Carlo. Uh, he does a lot of different things, especially in the realm of filmmaking. But I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. Go ahead, Carlo.
1: Hey, everyone, my name is uh, Carlos Stigliano. I am a 22-year-old cinematographer filmmaker out of New Jersey. Um, I have been in the filmmaking kind of industry for about three, four years now and uh, had had a start through a production company and slowly started to work my way into finding a passion in solely cinematography. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm headed right now in that direction is uh, focusing on cinematography.
0: Wow, that's super dope. I didn't know that part about it. But um, like I said, like, how was that? Like, how was the startup process of getting to where you are now to being I don't know if you you know, you're you're probably independent and doing your thing.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'll give you a quick backstory of how I kind of came to be. Um, I think it was about. 14 or 15 years old or something along those lines, I started my creative journey as a DJ and a music producer, and that's that kind of uh, sparked my creative outlet. And then from there, a few, late, few, few years later, I started a clothing company, and um, I wasn't able to afford a photographer or videographer at the time, but I had this little rinky-dink camera. I think it was a Nikon D3300. Oh,
0: wow. Um,
1: yeah, so it was a very old camera, and I had that laying around. So I decided to do my own photo work for my clothing and my own video work for my clothing. Nothing great or special at all, but one thing led to the next, and I found that I started to have more of a passion for holding the camera than I did for making clothing. Um, so a few years later, I ended up, uh, I guess, a, a bunch uh, going through a bunch of other things. Like I went to college for about a year and a half and dropped out. I found my way into Uh, filmmaking full time. And uh, I started doing wedding videos, real estate videos, real estate photos, portraits, you know, the typical stuff that I feel like a lot of people start out with. Mm, And it wasn't and it wasn't until I, uh, I say this a lot, but it wasn't until I met a fellow cinematographer. His name is Danny Gavertz, which I'm sure a bunch of people have heard of as well. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yes, he is the man. So I was fortunate enough to meet him and work and pretty much he was my mentor for about a year and he's the one that really transitioned me into the commercial documentary world and, um, really set my sights on cinematography rather than the one man band videographer photographer type of realm.
0: Okay. That's phenomenal. And I actually seen that, you know, I seen that you and Danny, um, did something, I don't know if it was here in the U S but I believe it was in Africa,
1: right? Yes. So we've done a bunch of projects here in the U S commercial and documentary wise. Mm -hmm. And, um, about i think it was december of this past year 2020 he ended up taking me to africa with him for uh i think it was about four or five days which is a really short time but um yeah we we did a little project out in africa which was probably one of the most special moments in my entire life
0: yeah mean, how was that process though like how was it like interacting was there a language barrier or was it just strictly you know just filming so the benefit of going with
1: Danny was he's been there a, a few times. So he has a bunch of relationships with the local people that are out mm, there. Okay. So we, so we both weren't going out there kind of dry. We, we, he knew where we were going. He knew some people. And um I automatically got introduced to these people immediately. And um I guess just my personality, I'm very kind of, I, I'm, I'm very quiet. I'm very shy, but I'm also very like, I'm, I'm a very kind person. So I, 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 um, I found it to have a great relationship with all these people pretty immediately. Oh, and um, i loved I loved hearing all of their stories, especially because my job on this this project was to be the DP for this documentary that Danny was doing um, for his story. So I was behind the camera the whole time, and um, building that trust and relationship with these people that you're shooting is super important. And um, the language barrier wasn't anything too too hard. They did speak a lot of English. Um, they did have their own little dialect and things like that. But generally, everything was kind of smooth, and it was an experience that I would never take back for. It was the best thing in the whole entire world.
0: That's super phenomenal. I mean, like I said, I, I've seen the project and uh, I mean, you know, and the photos and everything, and I see that you know you guys seem to have had a lot of fun and creating something special out there but um i want to go into kind of like your style when it comes to filmmaking um the reason why like i told you off cam- uh, off basically this segment here is um i reach out to you because i i am a fan of your style i love the color grading that you do um i, I love like your-, your setup and everything and how you kind of operate the camera so uh what goes into creating your style
1: Uh, So it definitely varies and it's always going to vary essentially the way that I look at filmmaking and cinematography is if you're not constantly kind of changing the way you're doing things or out your outlook is not changing, then I don't think you're really growing as a person or you're growing as an artist and um, I'd say that from when I started doing video, I did the typical, I had the mirror, mirrorless with the gimbal setup, just running around doing super smooth shots. And for a while, that's really what I loved. I was doing the 60 frames per second B-roll, you know, like the Daniel Schiffer cinematic <laughs> B-roll. Yeah. You know, like the typical, like yeah. that, that type of stuff. So I, <laughs> I started with that stuff for a while. And I, I, I started to realize that it wasn't fulfilling me the way that I wanted to tell stories. Mm. And um, I started to get off of 60 frames like totally. I I don't really use it anymore. I I solely use pretty much 24 frames a second, pretty much 80 to 90% of the time, unless it's something really really specific. So that on like that in and of itself separates a lot of people is the natural movement versus the slow motion aspect. So I do a lot of natural movement where there aren't very slow motion stuff. Um and I'm now that I have the Ursa, I pretty much a 95 percent handheld at all times um i love the way that it looks it makes me feel more connected to the subject that i'm shooting especially because uh, the lens that i typically use on my ursa is a sigma 18 to 35 so the go to 18 yeah the go-to lens it's it's a beautiful lens it's super affordable and you could really get so much it's a workhorse um but at like 18 millimeters or something along those lines and you're handheld, you're kind of close to the subject. You really feel connected yeah. with who you're filming. And it's not like you're on a twenty four seventy 70 and you're 20 feet away, zooming in you're, you're up close and personal. So that's something I really like to do when I'm shooting is try to be up in the action as close as possible. Handheld. Um, it's very reactionary as well, being handheld. Um, I get a lot of, I get a lot of questions actually of, you know how I do handheld with this camera because it is so heavy.
0: Yeah, I was and just going to ask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and I don't own an Easy Rig or anything. The the one thing that I always say and I'm just going to briefly go over this, if you want to be a DP and hold heavy cameras and things like you got to work out. I'm a big proponent of going to the gym. Um, yeah. I've been working out I've been working out for years, so i love holding heavy cameras it's just i love holding heavy things it's, i don't know it's just that might be weird but um
0: <laughs> I, I mean I feel, it's, it's fine
1: <laughs> yeah i feel comfortable i feel comfortable holding heavy cameras and uh that's kind of my style but that's that's kind of how i go about camera movement
0: Dope, man like i said like i, I love the the, the setup because i know you have um you know, your, your, your style and everything like that. But, you know, you, I was going to ask you what camera do you use, but you gave us that, you know, that news. Yeah. So that is great. And of course the lens that you use, but of course I want to ask like, what are the best resources that has helped you along the way of your creative um, career?
1: So best
0: resources that
1: you could get online. I'll, I'll do two little segments here. Yeah. So the, the best resources that I found online are um, there's a YouTube channel called the wandering DP, a lot of people have followed that gentleman as well his name is patrick o'sullivan he's a really phenomenal dp he also has a he also has two online courses one is a kind of basic cinematography course and the other is a more advanced commercial cinematography course and i really like this guy's style a lot just like him as a dp i like his personality i like what he's doing so i ended up purchasing both of the courses and undoubtedly that not that that it shaped me to shoot the way that I shoot, but it's shaped me to be the DP that I, I know that I can be in the future. It, it It's helped me business wise. It's helped me mentally, like um, just preparation and things like that. Just so I know when I go on set, there's certain things that I wouldn't have known unless I've taken this course. Um, so I definitely recommend checking out the Wandering DP podcast. Um, I also definitely recommend checking out Danny Govertz's YouTube channel. He's also really good. Uh, I have two books here also that I read. Hold on. Um, I have this one book here. It's called Lighting for Cinematography. It's by David Landau. That's a really great book on learning lighting. I also have another book here called Painting with Light by John Alton. That's a really, really great book on like an old school way of lighting, um, which old school lighting is super important to understand, especially with the newer lights that you have. Now with LEDs and things, you can get away with so many more things. But if you learn the basic fundamentals and the techniques, that'll help you so much more in the long run. And for composition, I have another book called Master Shots, Volume 3, and that's by Christopher Kenworthy. And essentially, this book is just a compilation of different camera angles, uh, compositions, and it's a great way for me to kind of get inspiration if I'm doing a some sort of shot list or things like that. Um, so those are three books that I read on a typical basis as well. Um, and the other aspect of resourcefulness is just, I'm a big proponent of practice. I, whenever I'm not working, um, I have a YouTube channel where I, tip, I have this segment, it's called like cinematography practice at home, or just learn to light, things like that. And I'm at home in any room in my house or whatever it is, and I try to make a scene out of it light. And sometimes they don't turn out great. Sometimes they turn out awesome, whatever it is. It allows me the opportunity to practice and make mistakes now. So when I do get on set, I have a better understanding of what I could
0: potentially accomplish. No, man, that's great. And I love the fact that you gave us those keys um, in regards to books that people can go ahead and tune in Absolutely. and also read and learn from. Because, of course, man, the way you're in the business, you have to learn to get better. You can't be stagnant. Um, and no you spoke way. something a little bit about lighting. Right. How mm-hmm. important is lighting, especially when you're outside? Because I know you, I've seen some of your work where you're, you're kind of filming outside using the daylight um, as your resource. How was that process?
1: So lighting has become something I've been really obsessed with over the past year. When I started my photography and videography journey a couple of years ago, I didn't care one bit about light. I didn't even care where the sun was positioned when I was shooting. I yeah. Look, looking back on the photos and the videos that I took, I was in the worst possible position. <laughs> of, it was just, it was not good. But yeah. once I, once I realized that, it wasn't the camera that was going to make the image look, it wasn't the lens. It wasn't any, it was the light that was going to make the image make me feel a certain way. It was going to depict a certain emotion. That's when I really dove deep into understanding lighting. And um, it's probably one of the most important aspects of cinematography, more so than what camera body you you choose, all the new cameras that come out. It's all, to be honest, sometimes it's a lot of nonsense and it's it's a lot of it's a lot of things that you don't really need to focus. If you have a great camera that can shoot 4K, 24 frames a second, I'd rather you invest in some lighting gear than the newest camera. Um, because lighting will really separate you and lighting will really depict your style over someone else's.
0: Wow. Yeah, man. Most people don't say that. Some, I mean, I, I mean, of course, when you think about it, yeah, it's not the camera, you know? And most times it's learning how to be better at it. And of course, mm-hmm. lighting. Lighting is the key component and i'm happy that you mentioned that because um it is hard for people to understand lighting you know because people think that when you're you go outside and it's it's daylight okay i can use that light and capture whatever i need to capture but do you think it's a time of day you should shoot or is it just knowing where to, to position your subject or whatever it is you're shooting um, I
1: think it's a little bit of both to yeah. be
0: honest. And, um,
1: so I, I forgot to answer your question about shooting outside. So I'll get back to that now. Um, yeah. so if I were to, if I were to shoot a scene outside right now, um, if possible, I try to always have someone with me. Um, even if it's just like a personal shoot. if I could have just someone to help me when you're shooting outside and there's a hard sun just beaming, And you really want to get like a nice flatter. If you're shooting a woman, for example, you nine times out of 10, you want to get a very flattering soft light on her face. You don't want really things very hard. Yeah. So if you're shooting into the sun or the sun is on a maybe like a 45 degree angle of her face and it's direct, it's going to be really harsh. So I always bring a uh, it's like a three in one diffusion bounce. It's one of those newer uh, circular bounce, or uh, it's like a three in one thing, diffusion bounce and like a an neg, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I usually, I have someone, uh, with a, with the diffusion aspect of it holding up in front of the subject. So that cuts the hard light from the sun onto her face, which softens it. So that's just a really quick way to get soft light outside. It's just to add, have someone hold a little bit of diffusion from the, uh, cutting the, the light from the sun to her face Um, but typically I like to shoot sometime around, I mean, golden hour is everyone's favorite time to shoot for, of course, (laughs) for for obvious reasons. It's beautiful. Um, but if I were to shoot like at high noon, which is more often than not, I typically like to use that as a backlight and use a bounce board in front of the subject to use the sun to hit off of the bounce. And then that'll reshine back onto the subject's face. Um, And that really allows for a better balanced image. So you can get the colors of the sky as well as getting detail in the face.
0: Wow. Yeah, man. That's good good pieces right there. Because um, like I said, like I, I know when I went out there and started shooting the first time, I just was the one that was like, ah, oh, well, it's daylight. I can kind of use it, but harsh light was very hard. And mm-hmm. of course you get tired while you're out there because you oh, are yeah. getting that that heat, you know, pressed on you. Um, but you know, the, the you know, you just have to just kind of manipulate it, like you said, and um use different things, diffusions to kind of yep. keep, you know, the scene looking pleasant enough. Instead of harsh, you know, when you see it in mm-hmm. post production. But going into that, like, how does your post production go? Like,
1: uh, I just want to give one more quick tip, actually, for outdoor yeah, shooting. Sure. So for anyone, for anyone Let's that is gems. shooting, yeah, yeah, for anyone that's shooting outdoors and you're fairly new, new to it, one tip that'll automatically make your your images and videos look way more professional is investing in an ND filter. Mm. When I started, when I started shooting video, I didn't own an ND. When I would shoot outside and say I was shooting at 24 frames a second the The shutter speed should stay at one fiftieth of a second because it's double your frame rate, which is typical. If you're shooting at sixty frames, your shutter speed should be at one twenty or one twenty fifth. So when you have ND and you're and you want to shoot wide open at say like f two point eight, your image is going to be extremely bright. There's not going to be any dynamic break. It's just it's going to be blown out completely. And when I started, I would just crank the shutter speed to like one one thousand. <laughs> Something yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have done that as well, but when you get that when you when you crank the shutter speed, it doesn't make your image look natural. it It doesn't have the natural motion blur and things along those lines that your human eye sees that make things look cinematic. So having an ND in daylight, keeping your shutter speed at the relative uh, amount, say one fiftieth, that'll really allow your image to get more cinematic and more professional immediately. So that was just a, that was just a quick tip that
0: I wanted to say. No, that was good. That was good, man. I was going that was one of the things that I was going to ask, like using the ND filter, does it help? And of course you nailed it on the head and you know, it, it does really help. So you don't, you know, lose that feeling, especially yep. that cinematic feeling of, yep. you know, your creative art. But, um, I want to ask this question. Who are the three mm-hmm. most influential people, um, in your life that has helped you get to where you've gotten?
1: three most influential people I would say I would say my parents my mom and my dad number oh, one yeah uh, without without them they're very open to me being a creative and being an entrepreneur and they've given me the support unlike I could ever ask so I'm, I'm blessed to have parents like that um this might sound unusual but being too I've had a girlfriend for seven years now and um she is all that has pushed me and without her, I definitely wouldn't be where I am. But cinematography wise on a day-to-day basis, Danny is easily the one person that's helped me become who I am today.
0: Man, that's phenomenal. And, you know, shout out to those people that have, you know, influenced you because, uh, you know, having those foundations of people that can help you, that really support what you do is very, very important. Because um, I know a lot of people, and this is a segment that I was going to get into, um, you know, later on in um, on the show is talking about photographers, um, not photographers, but creatives depression. Um, And when I say it's not depression, as in like, you know, um, you know, you're sad, or, you know, somebody died, or whatever it is, it's more so of not being able to produce or do what you really want to do when it comes to Filmmaking. So, can you express a little bit about that? Have you ever dealt with, you know, the creative depression?
1: Yeah, I've definitely. I feel my fair share of anxieties and sadness sometimes. Um, so, being a freelancer, being a business owner, entrepreneur, whatever you want to call yourself, you're undoubtedly getting yourself into that realm without a doubt. You have to understand that when you do become a freelance, things aren't as plain and simple as if you were to get a job. There's times for example, where I'd be working back to back for two weeks, and I don't have a break. And then there's a whole month where I don't have work at all. Um, so for that example, it, it is really taxing on me sometimes. And it's something that I definitely struggle with. And it's things that I'm getting better at. And I try to work on my personal health, my mental health a lot. Yeah. Um, but that also goes back to the aspect of practice. Um, I don't really believe in luck too much. I believe in being prepared for a certain opportunity that comes your way. And since you are prepared, you're ready to seize that opportunity. So if you're not working for a whole month, there is no reason why you you can't be practicing every day or just shooting something, lighting something. If you're sitting to be, like, excuse me, but if you're sitting on your ass all day, you're not going to get to where you want to be. And you could feel sorry for yourself for not working or you're not doing what you want, but you have to create the opportunity. And I know that might sound blunt, But the reality is you have to be the one to create the opportunity. You have to be the one to create your skills and
0: be who you want to be. Oh man, that's powerful. And um, I think that's very important, especially with this realm. Like, people don't realize like it might look good. The final product always looks good, but there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot that you really want to say or want to present, but you can't do it because of whatever it is, you know, whatever roadblock that you come across. And I like the way you put that, you know, you just always got to keep pushing Um, regardless of the fact, of course, take time to, you know, understand your mental state and clear your mind, get those vacation times and to re get yourself to be more, or let's say restart your inspiration, you know? Mm-hmm um and I, I like the way you put that that was like phenomenal right there but I kind of want to go into this last question um but what is one thing you wish you would have known before you began your career
1: what is one? Oh, what is <laughs> one oh that is one always thing? a tough yeah, one Yeah, that is a tough what is one thing um I wish hold on you got to give me a second
0: that's a really good no, question that's fine that's I've fine. actually
1: I've actually never thought about that before
0: yeah cuz most um, people they learn along the way but you know you never take the time to kind of really think and be like yo what is it that that one thing that I wish I would have known before I even got into where I you know the situation yeah. I am now
1: I would say okay there's going to be I think I have two answers one is going to be yeah one is going to be a kind of like boring answer but the other <laughs> uh so I'm going to say I I definitely wish I focused on lighting a lot earlier yeah um I wish I put a, a little bit more of an emphasis on lighting and, um, because I think if I were to focus on that four years ago, I'd be in a completely different realm now than, um, how I'm starting whatever, um, but yeah, lighting, I definitely would have wanted to focus on. And the other thing, which is a little bit more boring, I wish I taught finances earlier. I wish I was taught how to run a business, uh, deal with taxes, um, things. I know that that might not be something everyone would think about immediately, but, it's on the top of my head now because I just got hit with taxes really bad this year. So um, I definitely think that getting on your high horse about learning finances is super important as a entrepreneur, and uh, freelancer.
0: Man, that is good because I've never heard anybody really talk about that part. Um, you know, when it comes to finance, like finance is a very important thing. Just because you are mm-hmm. a freelancer doesn't mean that you can't or you're not going to pay taxes, you know, um, exactly. so that and is a investments, great thing. too and
1: investments and and retirement funds and setting up like an IRA account things along those lines that people don't really tell you about or if you don't have a corporate job and they don't pay for a or if they pay for a 401k or things along those lines when you're a freelancer no one does that for you so you have to learn to do it yourself
0: like you just hit us with a whole bunch of gems and I like I said I I truly appreciate what you're doing and how far you've gone in the story behind of, you know, but behind your creative art. Um, But of course, man, please let us know where we can reach and connect with you. Uh,
1: So my Instagram is at Carlos Stiggs, C-A-R-L-O-S-T-I-G-S. And I also have a YouTube channel. It is similar. It is, I think it's the same Carlos Stiggs, C-A-R-L-O-S-T-I-G-S.
0: It's everybody, man. Please go follow you know, um, Gran Carlos stuff, man, like, it's just really phenomenal to see the way that he sets everything up. And the fact that you started three years ago and now you're, you know, I want to say my opinion, nobody take it personal, but you are one of the best in the business. Um, and of course you're the sky's the limit for what you do. And this is, you know, me generally speaking towards what I've seen so far and your personality and how you bring it apart, you know? Um, so that is great stuff.
1: Thank you, man. I appreciate it.
0: No, so of course, man. Before I, I know I said I had to end it, but I do want to want you to leave us with one gem, um, one thing that new, old, you know, or inspiring, creative should know. Like, just give us one, you know, one gem before you're You're out of here. I would say, don't focus on creating work
1: specifically for Instagram. And I know that's something that I caught myself doing was I was trying to create specific projects or specific frames, whatever it was to put on my feed because all oh, that would look cool. And that would create things that are true to you, true to your heart. And if they don't do, and the reason why I'm saying this is because if you want to pursue something on Instagram, say you want to be a DP on Instagram, you want to be a filmmaker, whatever it is, initially you might not get the traction that you want. And I know sometimes, especially as being like a young person like me, social media is pretty important in growing a brand. And sometimes when you put things out, they don't, they don't catch traction or things along those lines. And you try to, you try to create things that aren't, that aren't true to yourself to kind of just go with the algorithm or things like that. So stay true to yourself, keep pumping things out that are just absolutely you. And over time, it'll catch on and you'll slowly start to develop your style year after year, and you'll get better instead of, worrying about what is the hot thing right now to do what is this stay
0: true to yourself and find who you are man that's a gem gotta drop the mic on that one for sure thank you so So, much like i said man i truly appreciate your work and of course if you guys haven't already please follow him on instagram youtube and really really learn and of course he dropped a lot of books on there that i think will help a lot of people i'm gonna go ahead and purchase you know a few of them myself of course be true to yourself be true to what you do and of course stay creative